You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. Welcome, 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 hey. everybody, to another episode, season two, episode seven, the Patriot Act. Man, I must say, this was an amazing, amazing, amazing episode to where it's like every week the episode's getting better, better, better. What do you have to say about that? Dude, Revolution is stepping its game up, coming in hard, you know. We got, we got to. It's getting close to that, that halfway season mark. Something big's going to go down. Man, I, every week I think it's something big going down because you you can't really predict anything what's going to happen anymore because my predictions have been wrong <laughs> every <laughs> single week. Every week something's wrong. So I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what to say about it. Um, let's well, first off, tell me who you are. Oh, I'm your host, Larice. People, Megan, Megan cannot be here tonight. What she do? Welcome everybody. To like you know that she's not here, but she's here. She's here in spirit. I'm your co-host, Ryan Hooks. Uh, Megan's homesick. We wish her well. See her next week. Let's oh, yes. Yeah. So let's kind of do this. Let's talk about Major Neville, Jason, and the Secretary of State. Like, it kind of comes on with them where Jason's still captured, and they're really trying to identify, are you with us or are you not with us? And she doesn't have any trust with Jason at all because of her experience with her son. She she turned her back on her son right away and doesn't feel that Jason's twisted. I thought right away when I saw Jason, he was calling him dad. He seemed calm. He seemed collected. I felt... I trusted him right away. I mean, I, just based on the comparison of the two, to, to, the, blah, 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 the two <laughs> characters that he had when he was drugged up and when he wasn't drugged up, uh, I trusted him as soon as I saw him. But you know what? Uh, the last episode, I didn't really trust him as much because, right. again, it's kind of like new. He could possibly still be under the influence of something. But this episode, it was kind of, do I trust him? Do I not trust him? But at the same time, they did the right thing to kind of keep him in handcuffs because, yep. as you can see, it actually saved their lives because as they kind of go into the woods, the secretary was like, okay, you should just kill him. But, you know, Neville's like, no, this is my, in his mind, as a father or a parent, I'm not going to just kill my child right. and just leave him out there for just to die because just to respect for just being a, a parent overall. And she didn't even want to bring him. She's saying, leave him behind. He's going to scream. He's going to give away our location. You know, we can't trust him. I know that this is what he's going to do. He's going to get us in trouble. We're going to get, get caught with him. So yeah. leave him. Yeah. And, but what ends up happening as they kind of travel through the camps to try to escape from the gunfire that, you know, it's so, he's so amazing because he kind of just like dictated, like, okay, well, shots were fired. He looked out the window. He's like, man, he kind of gauged how far away they was. He's like, they're like a mile away. And I'm just, you know what? That's great military skill. You kind of yep. understand how, how close or how far your enemy is. So what did it, they, they kind of pack up everything and they leave. So they begin to walk through this town and all of a sudden you know major neville he hears something he has like great ears where it's He's like always hold up i heard a twig <laughs> snap three miles down the road exactly so you know and what he does he kind of goes out because he's the only one with a gun right because jason's handcuffed and the secretary say i really don't think he trusts her either so it's kind of no. like one of those things like i'm the only person in charge follow me but as he go to check everything out shots got fired 
So all of a sudden, he, everybody takes cover, and he's like, man, what's happening? Me, personally, I didn't know who it was at first. I was unsure a little bit, too. I mean, I, I figured they were probably still looking for him, because since they went missing, that whole team got taken out earlier, in, you know, two episodes ago, when they were in that bunker, and Neville took them all out. So I assumed that it was probably them coming yeah. to find him still, especially since Jason never came back. Um, shots are fired. They all get laid out, get down on the ground, and then never runs out of ammo. And his... Ten shots is dead. I was one. I was waiting for him to run. Finally, out of, somebody runs out of ammo. Exactly. Fifteen but, years later, <laughs> every gun has ammo until this point in time. But then, as you go see, like Jason's like gets up bravely, like, "Hey, I'm a patriot. They capture me. I'm a you prisoner. Know? I'm a prisoner." Exactly. And you know, the Secretary of State and both of them look at each other, just like, "Whoa, what is he doing? Like, why is he giving himself up like that?" But what ends up happening is Jason saves their lives. Come in covered in blood. Yes. It seems, seems like a trend in this episode. You know, but, people discovered blood for no reason. Yeah. But do you think he's doing it because he really trusts his father and he's not drug up and he really want to kind of be part of everything right now? Or he's doing it as actually playing the, the trickery game just to try to get back at him and just like, you know, to let everybody know, like, okay, cool, I know where they're hiding out at. I think Jason's back. I mean, like I said, two episodes ago when he was still drugged up, he was sort of in and out. But then he, that one moment when he was clear, he called him dad. The very beginning of this episode, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, hey, hey, you know, hey, the way he's talking, the way he's working, and I think he was doing it to to rebuild that trust because you saw him just put that whooping on him a couple weeks ago too. Oh yeah, and so I think I think he's got a little of that anger out. I think they're gonna start working well together. I mean, but it's, it seems like everybody's starting to team up now. And then, like, once they at the camp and everything, Major Neville, his conniving self, who always got something up his sleeve to where he gives the secretary, he like, hey, you like to drink? Yeah. And he got a concert, like, hey, you know, you need a drink and everything. Have some of my flask. Exactly. And, like, he drugs her. <laughs> and Jason wakes up and like, what do you do? What did you do? You're figuring, like, he's still up to his old old plan. So you do, do you think now, is he, you think he's going to trust him or not? You can never trust Neville. But I still love him. Every week, still cheering for him. I mean, that's true, too. That's true. I and, mean, you know, this is always his plan originally. He said, you know what? Let's take out the Patriots. This is, I got to get in, do what you got to do, keep your mouth shut. Let's be a cook. You know, let's be a, a slave to them. Let's work our way up and then yeah. build that trust. Let's save our life. He killed Jason's friend in a way to build trust with her. Yeah. And, I mean, that's been the goal all along, to try to get in. And we know that her husband is a high-ranking official in the in the Patriot business. so Which is kind of questionable now because when Neville asks her that, she kind of looks at him like... I don't want to tell you because you might end up killing my husband, but I think he's going to probably use it to his advantage. I think so. Neville, Neville's a smart guy. He's not going to just kill people to kill people. You know, that's that's Monroe's thing. Yeah, that is he, true. He will use anything he can to gain himself into a better position. He's been part of three different republics, you know, and <laughs> he's on seven sides. You just never know what he's going to do. Exactly. Well, let's kind of talk about the town of Willoughby. A lot has happened in the town of Willoughby. As it starts off, there's an explosion in the town. Is it a terrorist act? Is it a local? Is it, you know, what's going on? My first impression, what do you think? My very first thought was, well, my very, very first thought was it was something related to Aaron. But then we see people scrambling around. We see Aaron on the ground. So then I was like, eh, I think it's probably the Patriots. Yeah, that was my first initial thought. I, I was just thinking, like, you know what? The Patriots set the bomb up to really try to, like, a scare tactic for the townspeople so that, A, that they'd be able to trust in the, trust in the Patriots mm-hmm. and the soldier, and, B, that they wouldn't do anything that would miraculously, like, harm anyone else because they don't know who this bomber is. Right. And now they feel like, well, we have more troops in the town, and they're really kind of taking over. It really kind of sounds like what the U.S. government was, 
like long, long time ago. You Gives know, justification for the curfew for the extra soldiers. Hey, we're here to protect you. You know, hey, Always. we're on your side. Don't no, no. Listen to what we say. There was a bomb. You should be afraid. We're gonna help you. Yes. You know, listen so, to us. We like we like you, and we're your friend. So, so I think again, it's it's a whole manipulative action that they're doing with everyone in Willoughby, trying mm-hmm. to make them feel like, hey, we got you, we're safe, we're the we're the great guys, and everybody, everyone else is the bad because he like he like he told him he's like, oh, maybe some people over still at the Handover Clan, and which I believe they killed all those guys, in, yeah, uh, yeah, like episodes two or three. So like, how do you figure? It? But but at the same time, nobody knows. Yeah, they can blame it on whoever they want because there's no proof of anything. You know, yeah. How are they going to bring forensics in? Oh, this bomb was detonated inside by a, you know, they, they can't. So the Andover clan, I think, is a good cop out because then it, people were afraid of them. They they were terrorizing the town of Willoughby before the Patriots yeah. showed up. So now it's, oh, you know, we're here to protect you. We're going to we're going to save you again. Well, let's ask our friends on iTunes who they think. I think that iTunes. Yes. It's a lovely way that you can watch your AfterBuzz favorite show, Revolution. You it can is. download it on your phone. Works on tablets, smartphones, Android. Uh, make sure you tell your friends. Make sure you rate us. Give us comments. Uh, we actually have a uh, lovely viewer comment this week that I thought was very intriguing. Okay. Provoke a little thought. Um, question is, or and or comment, was, is it a potential that the bounty hunter we saw a couple episodes ago is potentially Monroe's son? Good question. It's a good question. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I, I'm still up in the air because he's only been in like two episodes, so you think he's going to come back? I think he's got he's got to come back at least, but I mean he doesn't just disappear, especially if he's hunting down Monroe. But you know what? It's a possibility, yes, because again, Miles said he kind of took his son and you know took him away from Monroe, so he could have enlisted until the military. That could have been a very very good question, very likely possibility. Tell us what you think on iTunes. Yes. So let, tell us what you think about Doctor Horn, the creepy guy that came in last week from the last episode, riding on a on, on like a horse carriage. At the very end, we see Doctor Horn riding into the episode and meets Aaron. Yes, big fan as he says. Doctor Horn is an interesting character to me because I feel like he knows everything. Like anytime anything happened in this entire episode, oh, this happened, and he just knew. Yes. Like, oh, is this sewer map available? Oh, is this going on? Oh, you did this? Oh, you were sold out. Yes. You know he he predicts it seconds after it happens well let's talk about him his interaction with rachel at first after the bombing comes up to rachel's like hey around miles and um charlie comes like hey you know i know who you are so you know can we have a conversation yeah to me personally i would have got freaked out because like this guy is real creepy i don't know why i want to talk to him but then he identifies himself as of who he is Mm -hmm. and how they know each other because rachel forgot who he was well he said because he worked at the dod with her and he he was in the alternative energy project but then he also compared her to the prom queen and said oh i'm just you know i was a lab rat and you were the prom queen so obviously you don't know who i am (laughs) yeah i mean so he comes in and does at least tell her that he knows her from this so i know about these things and this is why i'm asking to kind of maybe build a little trust or to see where she's at but. Yeah, but it also identifies who he is as a person overall because he's like, yeah, you know, when everybody was scourging, like, to get away, like, we was on a raft, mm-hmm. on a boat, trying to paddle our way to Cuba, but he's like, with my boss, um, Randall Flynn. Randall and, you know, Flynn. Randall was a guy who actually set off the, 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 uh, the, the whole Nuked power the outage from everyone and the nuclear weapons, so now he's kind of, like, in a, in a more powerful role right now. I would think he's taking over Randall's job to where, he, you know, he's, what is he, sci- the science advisor the for the science U.S.? The science advisor for the U.S. 
I feel like th- him identifying himself with Randall Flynn immediately puts up red flags. Oh, yes. As me, a viewer, and also as Rachel, a character. Yes. Whoa, hey, break check. I'm not going to get too close to that guy. Cause I can't trust this guy. I immediately can't trust him because Randall Flynn, I don't like him and I can't trust him. Yeah, because then he kind of takes um, Rachel into the bar and just basically acts and, and first identifies her. Like, hey, yeah, I'm the person that put a warrant out for you. A wanted poster for her. And, you know, how would that make you feel? Be like, yeah, you know, Ryan, I put a warrant out for you. How would you feel? I mean, he does compliment her, at least. He says, you know what? You you did genius work. Da Vinci-level genius work. That's why I wanted you. I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to pick your brain. I wanted to know more about this amazing technology that you came up with. Yes. So we wonder, although he's a science advisor, how smart is he? Because if he was smarter than her, he would have figured it out. But at the same time, when you work in the DOD, you do have some type of awareness of everything that goes around you. Mm-hmm. Because, again, everybody kind of works together right. as, a, as a team. And, you know, he kind of identifies and talk about the programming of the technology and the nanites. And he really want to kind of understand, like, what are the nanites? What's happening? Why, why are they absorbing electricity? Why, why the, the bigger question is... How did the nanites set the soldiers mm-hmm. on fire? Because he said, this is the reason why I came, is because right. two of my soldiers got killed, burnt up into flames, and there's no explanation. And he, he even brings up some really, really cool, interesting points you know, in terms of plot development, where he talks about programming and controlling. Yes. That he wants to take these nanites and program and control, you know, and use them, t- since they absorb energy, he can also use them to release energy. Yes. So I think that's going to bring up a lot of cool things that are going to come up here in the next couple episodes. I think Aaron's going to maybe figure out what's going on and how he can use that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure because he's, he's able to control it. But also with doc, with um, Dr. Horn, his whole thing is that he goes in with Dr. Porter. Mm-hmm. The interesting relationship that him and Dr. Porter has is kind of inbound to, like, they're both working on the same team, but he has no respect for Dr. Porter because the bottom line is is that I have a job and you're a uh, loyal servant but at the same time i i outrank you and you're gonna do what i like for you to do or what i will make you do with porter i think he he helped them he gave them medicine you know said you owe us because we helped you become the prominent citizen that you are in this community without us you wouldn't have been able to fix all those people granted they were helping them fix patriots and they were torturing people but without us you wouldn't be here and you basically opened the doors the words that they use yeah as you can as you actually look at it, like the relationship how it originally started was seven years prior when his wife died and mm-hmm. it kind of it's strange because he's sitting there with all these bodies about to burn his body and we kind of thinking like why are he burning his body yep. are they like patriot bodies are they just random people body but as you as he goes back to his house shaw is on his doorstep and, mm-hmm. and telling him like hey you know I'm sorry about your wife dying from, was cholera? She had cholera, yep. It's a cholera. bacterial infection of the small intestines, for all you science people. So everybody kind of died from that disease. And he's like, well, we have vaccines. But in a way, it's like, it's always a trade-off or something. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can help you out here, but in the end, you, you're you going to have to help me out some way, some possible. So, what you know, they kind of built that relationship off of him being the doctor and them being the villain at the same time yep. to where is that, oh, if you pull my coat... I pull your coat too. You know, like one one hand wash each other back. So that's how the relationship with Dr. Porter goes with the Patriots and how he becomes such a loyal 
um, servant to the Patriots now. Yeah, I mean, and he even says the vaccine. This vaccine is premium vaccine from before the blackout. This yeah. is like you could save hundreds of people with this. And we want you to not only save the people, we want you to save Patriots. So it kind of brings him in and doesn't put him in a situation where he can say no. Yes. You know, it's they they know that his wife died. They're playing on his sympathies. You know, he wants to help people. And I think they're doing a really good job in the beginning of this episode as well, building Dr. Porter up as somebody who's remorseful for the things that have happened in previous episodes. And, yeah. you know, he we see him trying and wanting to help. We see him, you know, doing everything he can to look out for people. But... but- but at the same time, you got to kind of look at it. Because the torture scene with Dr. Shaw, like, I guess years prior. Yeah, um, it was nine years after the blackout. Nine years after the blackout. When they're in a bond, they're torturing this guy, like, literally, like, towel. Towel over the face, pouring water, drowning him, Drowning basically. him, basically. And it's like, obviously, this guy has already passed out a few times. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Porter is looking like, man, I, this is not what I signed up for. You, we never agreed upon this, but you're using me because you're bringing me supplies, so I have to help you. And he kind of brings him back to life. And when he kind of gives him the shot, it's like it might have been one too many times because he's sitting waiting over him like, is he going to come back? Is he going to come back? Mm-hmm. And he finally comes back alive. And then, like, after that whole scene on the outside when he goes to wash his hand, he basically sees the symbol again. Right. This is where because, you know, the very beginning of the episode, we flash back to that very, him, him washing his hands with the blood. Yeah, And you see the symbol again, which is the triangle with the circles around it. And we see the towel that he's using to dry his hands off has that circle and symbol. So we know that there's some kind of link with the torture that's going on to uh, the doctor, you know, and all that they've been doing in the last, you know, 10 years as the Patriots and trying to bring America back into everything. Yeah. But I think the significance of that is that, you know, when Shaw was like, hey, you know, you got your vaccine for for tuberculosis and everything and he it kind of the present time he identifies Shaw being part of the military because I don't think he knew Shaw was part of the military back then right because he just felt like oh there's a guy who's just really helping out yeah he's doing certain things and he killing people and real real brutality against certain things for the US but not identifying him as a soldier because he never wore uh, a uniform right. he at was in all street clothes every time we saw him Yes. And so when he actually see the symbols again, because what triggered is when he was talking, when he was talking to Dr. Horn and he saw the pin on his jacket. jacket. And that's when he originally thought thought back to Shaw. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the second encounter nine years later, when he saw it on the towel, when he was washing his hand as to what's really happening now. And I think that's the reason why he's starting to feel remorseful for the things that he's done, because he probably feels like, you know what, I'm causing this for ourselves in the town of Willoughby because I'm a lot, I allowed it to happen because I helped them as much as I was trying to help the townspeople, but I also helped them originate and also build a uh, um, a military amongst my people. Right. And I think, too, then when we see Shaw later, when we actually find out who he really is, when we introduce him as Shaw, you know, he comes in and he, he comes to get Dr. Porter to take him to see Dr. Horn now that they're in the town. What do you think uh, Porter's you know, initial thought was when he saw him. He was shocked. He was. I think he was very shocked because, again, he didn't know Shaw was a soldier. Right. And I'm pretty sure Shaw is a high-ranking soldier because of things that he did prior Especially to. Especially now, yeah. Everything, you know, just kind of saving the town of Willoughby. Nine years later, he's still kind of basically fighting for the U.S. and beating up U.S. enemy, as he says. And then all of a sudden, he comes in. Basically, to address Doctor Porter, say, "Hey, Doctor Doctor Horn would like to see you now." So his first reaction is just like, "Wow, you're a patriot too." 
Right. He, he sees him and says, wow, you're a Patriot too. I didn't realize that you were on this team. But he takes him to see Horn anyway. And, uh, you know, we find that Horn wants to know more about Rachel, wants to know more about Aaron. Yes. He thinks that Rachel is controlling these nanites, that she's the key to all this. Yes. I mean, because he acts about Aaron, and he calls Aaron by his, like, Aaron. Aaron Pittman. Aaron Pittman. It's like, hey, you know, what happened with Aaron Pittman? I heard that he died and he came back to life, and you were the doctor to say that Aaron died. So he's questioning Dr. Porter's like, okay, was your um, what, your decision correct about Aaron and his death? And if it was, how did he come back to life? Did Rachel bring him back to life? Is there something specific about Aaron? And he kind of goes back and forth with him about it, and he's just kind of like, uh, don't really want to answer the questions at all. Right. You see that he's kind of answering some to a slight, you know, leaving some details out, but he's also then blatantly lying. You know, there are some questions, yeah. where is he? I don't know. Yeah. Even though he knows, but we see he's, he's lying. I, again, I think they did a great job in this episode building Dr. Porter up, you know. Yes, because you also look at that when Miles and everyone knows that, okay, after Rachel talked to Dr. Horn, so now she's a t- tell Miles and that, we hey, we had to get Aaron out. And then as they're kind of discussing everything in the kitchen, and Dr. Porter goes to say, hey, you know, I'll help him escape. And it's like, how do you help him escape? He basically has a trap, booby trap door, a trap door in his wagon. Mm-hmm. All he has to say, oh, I'm going out to get med supplies, and they, I'll put Aaron and Cynthia in here, and we'll help him escape. I mean, it seems legit. You know, he goes out weekly to get medical supplies because he's the doctor in town. They trust him. They know he's a patriot, obviously. They're, you know, yeah. they're going to tell him it's okay to let him go. Offers to help him, offers to take him out, and also says that he's been listening. He knows about Monroe. Everything. You know, and it's because at the beginning, I was questioning, like, who who knew about Monroe at the, you know, the very beginning of the episode? I I mean, it, I thought in between two people, either Dr. Porter or Rachel himself, like, fa- like father-daughter snitch together. Right. Kind of, like, weird. I, but. I think after watching the whole episode, I think Rachel was the only one that knew about Monroe because she prepped the drugs and then, yeah. you know, the questions that came afterwards. But anyway, he's, he's, Dr. Porter says, hey, I can help you out. We can get him and Cynthia out. You know, I have the ways. And... I've been listening to you. I know what you've been talking about every single day. You guys aren't as quiet as you think you are. You tricky kids, you. Yeah. So and I, I think he, seems, again, seems like he wants to help. I mean, and then what kind of goes from there, we kind of pan back to Dr. Porter and Dr. Horn in this conversation. But Dr. Horn began to threaten Dr. Porter's like, hey, if you don't tell me where he is, if you, if you don't help, if you don't mm-hmm. help me, he kind of leveraged the fact of Rachel. You know, and the weakness of his heart is his daughter. And his granddaughter. And his granddaughter. So when you kind of look at it, like, hey, if you don't tell me what Aaron Pigman is, I'm going to basically, like, when I find Rachel, I'm pretty much I'm going to torture her until that I kill her unless you tell me something. Do you want to kind of lose another family member? Right. And then we see a, a, a little bit of loss of credibility in Dr. Porter's part where he says, you know, it's not Rachel. When he first said that, I, I was wondering where he was going with it. I didn't know if he was trying to cover up. Just to protect Rachel or what? And he ends up saying, no, Rachel doesn't know how to control it. It's Aaron. Yeah. But Gene also talks about the way he kind of like addresses Dr. Porter. Like, like you're the reason why we're here. You're kind of open up this, the uh, the whole idea of us kind of coming to Willoughby and the Patriots taking over because you decided, again, to get in bed with Dr. Shaw to build that relationship, but mm-hmm. also to let us know that, that hey, Rachel is here. 
and being that he already had a bounty on Rachel's head, so now it's like, okay, well, now we figure out how, why the Patriots actually came to Willoughby and why they are monitoring Willoughby so much because of Rachel being there, because of Aaron's being there, and because of the fact of the thing, the things that the currency that's happening throughout Willoughby right now. Right. Clearly, it can't be a coincidence that Rachel's there. These nanites are burning people up, and everything's going down in this one town where everyone just happens to be. Yeah. And again, like he said, you're kind of you kind of open the door for war. And so, what does Doctor Porter do? He tells Doctor Porter, like he tells Doctor Horn, "Hey, you know, here's the truth about the nanites and mm-hmm. Aaron. That Aaron's the one who kind of like ignited the nanites who burned up the two soldiers, and Aaron Aaron controls the nanite, and that's how he actually came back to life. So now he's like a snitch. Yep, he's back to his old self again. So you really can't trust him at all. And so, what do they do? They try to ambush. Uh, Aaron and Cynthia because now Dr. Horn wants him. And, and that the ambush itself, I, I felt like somebody was watching over them in the beginning because mm-hmm. it, he was just too excited. He was just too willing to do it without even like telling Rachel and like this is what's happening just so they can even try to do anything else. He's just kind of too excited, like too willing to do it. He came out too quick with too much information. And, you know, and it, I, I wrote down in my note when I was taking notes for the show, I put, you know, he seems remorseful. Is this a trick? Like, that was the, the exact thing that I wrote down thinking about. Man, that's, he seems almost, like, too remorseful, too willing to help, you know, as you are saying. Yeah. Know, too eager to give up too much information too fast. And I think that immediately for me said, oh, something's not right. Yeah. So. I mean, then, but as it, as, as it kind of goes on with the whole um, ambush and the capture of Aaron, you know, they're sitting there, and two of the townspeople kind of, like, pass by, but then... Realized it wasn't Aaron. So Dr. Horn comes out with the soldier and kind of confronts Dr. Porter. And lo and behold, who do we see? From a distance, um, Miles and Rachel with binoculars spying on Dr. Porter because, again, they set him up. Instead of him setting them up, they set him up to kind of understand what's his position, why certain things are happening, how mm-hmm. do they know about Texas, how do they know about Monroe, how do they know about Aaron. So yep. Miles kind of figured, you know what? I've been doing it for so long. I know when there's not to trust a guy, when to trust a guy, I guess overall from his years of being in the military and, you know, and really kind of torturing people to tell when people are telling the truth. Rachel, on the other hand, she's kind of brokenhearted. I mean, how do you not be brokenhearted when your dad's been selling you out for the last couple of weeks? Yeah. You know, and, and he said, too, going back to his eagerness and willingness to help, you know, Miles brings to the point, he knew all these plans. How did he know? Who knew the you know these plans that were going except us? And we're standing here, and, you know. And he said, "I know a desperate and guilty look when I see one in a man's face." Yeah. He, I, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say he just, he just knew that look that he had in his face wasn't right. But at the same time, you have to go back to when they originally was in the kitchen when he's like, you know, y'all been talking a lot right around here. I hear everything. So do you think he knew before then, or that really kind of signal Miles to basically to tell him like, you know what? This is what ha- what's happening because he's been hearing everything. No matter how much we tried to whisper in the house, he's been hearing everything that's going on in the house from the meeting with the Texans to to the Monroe to every to Aaron to everything that's going on right now. Do you think that was the 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 ticker right there? I think that was the, the turning point moment because Miles is smart. I mean, Miles doesn't get taken too easily, and he's not the kind of person that's not cautious when he's given out information. So I felt they, they thought they could trust him. Obviously, it's Rachel's father. How do they not trust him? They're in his house. He's the one that saved them when they came there. So I think that moment was the turning point for Miles when he first saw, hey, you know, something's not right. We should maybe maybe check into this. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, like any suspicion, because again, a lot has happened throughout the, the, the episodes to where everything that they try to do and plan, somebody knows about. At first, I thought it was Rachel, especially with the bass situation. Mm-hmm. But when the, when the Texas situation, it was kind of like what happened to, with the Texas Rangers? Right. Well, how did it become like so the treaty between the Texas Rangers and the Patriots? And, and even though the Texas Rangers was killed and they tried to set the whole plan up to kill the Texas Rangers and start a war, but then it was a treaty. So they already knew about it. The, uh, General Truman knew about the killing of the Texas Rangers before it even happened. Right. And so they basically tried to say, oh, we captured Monroe, so let's basically all be friends right now. So, I mean, like, Dr. Porter has really done a lot, a lot of backstabbing. A lot of backstabbing. I mean, and I almost feel like he thinks or feels that he's in a situation that maybe is out of his control. I mean, because, you know, you look back to these flashbacks with him, and this is the first time we've seen any flashbacks with Dr. Porter, so we are learning a little about his history, about his wife dying, you know, and about him trying to help people and being stuck in a situation where he's forced to help you know, Shaw torture these people to get information to help bring the Patriots back. Do, I mean, do you think that his backstabbing of these people is because he doesn't feel like he has a choice? I mean, but it's definitely kind of like they're forcing him to do certain things. But at the same time, it's not forceful because everything that he's done, he felt like he was doing it for the good of mm-hmm. the town and the people. So he was basically manipulated throughout the Patriots because they had a bigger plan. Even though he, he was just a small pint on the chess table to like, okay, well, we need, we need certain things. And we know that Dr. Porter is Rachel's father mm-hmm. and we're able to give him certain things because that's why they started giving the, va- the vaccines, vaccines, started helping them out. And, and in return, you know, he gave up information that's happening throughout the town, not knowing that that information would one day turn around and cause a war between the, the town and the Patriots. So then do you think, here's the big question, do you think that we see in the next couple of episodes that Dr. Porter has a moment where he draws a line in the sand, so to speak, he stands up and says, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. No. Don't think so? You think he just keeps selling out? As long as Rachel is safe, he's going to continue to have his position amongst the Patriots. Because you also have to look at it when when the episode first came on, when the bomb went off and he went to go talk to General Truman, and he kind of basically talked to him as if he's like a child. Like, you know what? You really don't have no position as I made you type of, mm-hmm. you know, the way he kind of talks down to him. And, again, Dr. Porter kind of realized in his mind, like, wow, like, I really don't have a position or a, a, a um, authoritative opportunity to kind of even, like, change the minds of General Truman because, again, he's in power, I'm not. Dr. Horn comes in, does the same thing to him, basically speaks down to him to make him feel like he's not relevant in anything that's happening amongst the town of Willoughby because you're working for me, and no matter what you say or do, I have the power to kill you and put you in prison and do anything that I want to do. So no matter what you do, you're going to be a loyal patriot and basically tell me any type of information that I want to gather amongst the town and anything that kind of like is corrupt in the town. That's your job. And it it really kind of shows, like, again, and I think that's when he kind of basically looked at the remorseful side of everything to where, man, everything I did, everybody I trusted, I trusted the Patriots, and General Truman, he has a bigger goal, and he's not helping me out. Dr. Horn has a bigger goal, and and he's willing to kill my child. And so now you really got to look at, like, which side does he go on right now? Right. I think it creates an interesting character dilemma, especially something the writers can play with, because we don't, characters like this that don't have a side you don't know what they're going to do. You can't trust them. I mean, you know, with Monroe, 
We know yeah. what he's going to do. We know where Monroe's loyalty lie. We know what he's going to do to protect himself, to survive, to who his friends are. Yeah. Characters like this, they have a lot of leeway where you can go either way for him. And I hope that, you know, I, I like Dr. Porter. I've liked him every every episode up until this past two episodes where he's <laughs> kind of selling people out. And I hope that we, I see in the next two episode or so that he has a moment, like a defining character moment where he makes the right decision and he does something, you know, dramatic that's going to say, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. You got to hold out for predictions. Sounds, uh, like, a, oh, sounds like a great prediction from you, Ryan. Bring it back. Bring it back. No problem. But let's talk. Let's talk about um, Aaron. Aaron's escape. Aaron, man, Aaron, you're always up to no good. But at the same time, Aaron don't know what's going on. It's just seems like Aaron's kind of just feel like, man, I don't know what to do. I need your help. Um, Doctor Horn is after me now because they already know that. Yep. Um, uh, Dr. Portis had basically set him up and told all the information about Aaron and the whole escape. This is my thing. Are they in the sewage? And Aaron's like, yes, you know, I've been trying at this for a minute and I can't get it. Miles heroic, like within seconds. One handed. Yes. Like, and he, and he makes a comment like, you know, you have one hand. How are you doing this? Show it off. <laughs> it's no. like, Aaron, like, come on. Like, you're 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 in the town of Willoughby. You're a man. You should have some type of strength. You know, it's kind of like ironic. Like, oh yeah, he has one hand. I have two. And the one the guy with one hand is a lot stronger than the guy with two hand. It really don't make sense. But at the same time, it's like I thought everybody escaped in the sewage. I thought they were all going to go out in the sewage as well because they were, you know, but they heard gunshots. Yeah. So I think that three of them went up. There was that pole that led up, and they said, "Where does that go? Find out where that goes." So they must have climbed up that pole somehow while the other two got in the sewer to escape. Maybe I thought maybe there would be some kind of distraction, something to let them get out of the sewer. But Yeah. I mean, but I think the whole thing with that is that Rachel and Miles know that they can't allow Rachel to get caught because her dad has given up because mm-hmm. she can't trust anybody. The one person she thought she can trust the most is her father, her father. And he has become actually a loyal patriot to the patriot. I mean, but also, as they kind of crawl through the tunnels and everything, it's like, me personally, if I was in the sewage, I probably would have threw it. Probably. Like, just just being down there, and he's like, what, it's like 15 years since This is what active. 15 years smells like. Exactly. I probably would have, like, vomit. But then when it kind of gets to the leeway point, is that guns is drawn on them. Yep, they climb out the hole, and there's guns waiting for them. I thought it was bass. Do you think it was Bass as soon as the guns came out? Yeah, I thought it was Bass. I don't know why. I just felt like it was Bass just to make sure that it was Aaron coming out of the hole. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't Bass. It was actually the soldiers. Two soldiers waiting for him. And I think going back to a second ago to what we were talking about with him, now that he's out of the tunnel, I think every time they keep setting Aaron up as this weak, feeble character, it's going to give him more power when he figures this nanite technology out. I mean, it's like yes, but no. But as you can see, he only uses it... <clears throat> well, I guess we can kind of talk about it to where, you know, he kind of comes out of out of the yep. sewer hole, they handcuffs um, Aaron, but the other soldiers try to be really, like, I think more sexual to to um, Cynthia. So they he, grab her. Because yep. she's sitting there kicking him, kicking him on the ground, like, get off me, get off me, get off me, instead of, okay, cool, if you stop, I put you in handcuffs. But he, she continues to kick him on the ground, then Aaron gets angry. And as you can see, the little green and ice like floating around. Then all of a sudden, like they they're on fire. They uh, come out of nowhere I, again. Right now, all we know is it's triggered by either fear or anger. Because every time that they've come around in all three situations, something has happened where he's been attacked. Yes. Or is in a situation where he could potentially die or get beat up, or you know, fear and anger are what are triggering those right now. 
I think as soon as he learns to control that fear, we have a, a nice little weapon on our hands. Yeah. I mean, but then, then, oh, we forgot. Well, Sebastian Monroe kind of saves Aaron um, from the first two soldiers. Right. But also, like, in the beginning of the episode, when Miles was sitting there doing the, 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 the signals with the mirror, and I was wondering, like, what is that? What is he trying to tell? Is he telling that, hey, you know, we had we had a bomb explosion, mm-hmm. or the Patriots are basically gearing up to do something drastic. But as we can see, he was basically signaling him, letting him know, like, hey, meet Aaron at the sewers right. because you know we're trying to escape and everything, which is a good military tactic. If that was my initial thought, there was a straight notification of, hey, we need to get Aaron out. He's coming your way because you know his reaction is like, oh, geez, you know, and he he seemed grab a pad and start writing stuff down and yeah. But at at this moment right now, it's that I think Cynthia is in the mind frame of shock. She don't know what to do. She don't know how to trust Aaron or even, like, she don't know what to believe. Because even when Aaron told her before, it was kind of like disbelief, almost imaginary. But then also now she sees it. Mm-hmm. And he's he's been telling her every time, this is going on, this is going on. And I love the comment that Aaron makes. He's like, you don't need to be afraid of him talking about bass. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, wait, no, you're afraid of me. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, satire, like, please. But at the same time, like, he saves a life. It's like, in a way, I'll be afraid, but at the same time, I'll feel comfortable because be I'm gr- like. Grateful, I mean. Because I'm, I'm like, well, he can actually, like, burn people up for me. Awesome. Be like, Aaron, set him on fire. Whoosh. Almost like a magician act. Boom. Yes. But then, you know, it kind of goes away with Cynthia being afraid of Aaron. But then we kind of pans back to Rachel. Rachel Miles and Charlie being afraid. And Rachel's at this point, oh, breaking point right now. Finally see some emotion. Yeah, she's at a breaking point. But I think it's because of her father for the most part. I think so, too. I mean, I think that everything in her has just been building up for the last several episodes. Because we don't really see her express anything but anger, you know, and bull seeing red so to speak and we finally see a point where it, the, it finally something that happens affects her gets to her and is enough to to bring her down yes and as you can see charlie shows her love and affection to really understand like mom i, I know you're going through something I, she, and charlie don't know what it is because they haven't told right, they didn't tell that, her what it was that you know her grandfather is a spy a snitch for the patriots and everything i mean well it's a lot that's happening in this episode. It's a good episode. And well done, writers. I'm really waiting to see what next week's going to be about. Let's talk about these predictions. What do we think next week? Let's predict this Ooh. revolution. Well, like I said, I think that we're going to see a prediction uh, from me coming up with Dr. Porter. Yes. I think he, there's got to be a turning point with him. I mean, you see these people in the middle. Something has to go either way. And I think that something's going to happen within the next two episodes with him. My prediction is that Rachel's going to get captured and is really going, again, ties into what you said, and is really going to force Dr. Porter to do something drastic to save his daughter to help them to escape. All right. Cool. Well, let everybody know where they can find you at. Yeah, you can find me at RyanHooks92 on Twitter and Instagram Yahoo. And you can find me at True Peoples, T-R-U-P-E-O-P-L-E-S, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Thank you, guys. Yeah. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.